0: prayer. It's one of those things. My guess is if I asked you to raise your hand, I won't ask you this, but if I asked you how many of you think you should pray, all of us would raise. I I told you you didn't have to raise your hand, and you still raised your hand anyways. You feel like you should when I asked the question. How many of you think you should pray? It's like, yeah, we all should pray, how many of you would say you are a prayer warrior who is on your knees every single morning for hours and prayer is just natural to you? Probably one or two people would raise their hands in the room, which is awesome. But for the majority of us, prayer is sometimes an awkward and difficult thing, isn't it? And there might be seasons when we pray a lot and when we, it seems as though we are connected to God, but then there are dry seasons where it feels as though we... Forget about God and forget about talking to God until there's a moment like there's a test and we need to ask God to help us magically remember the answers to the test that we didn't study for. Anybody ever been there like, or God, we need you to help us close this deal. I need this deal to go through. I magic. so prayer becomes something that we lean into when it's the last resort at times. And I'm not, like, pointing you out and, and saying you should feel guilty about that because all of us have been there, right? All of us have been to the place where at, it's the last option, so I'm just going to throw up a prayer and hope that prayer works. Anyone? Am I alone in this? Come on, church. You can, yeah, prayer, it's tough. So um, I'm going to let you in behind the scenes a little bit with uh, our, our staff. This is one a few years ago we worked on. So if you own a business or you work uh, in management or you're a part of a company, one of the things they talk about is kind of mission, vision, and then they talk about core values. You've, you've heard of core values and building core values into an organization, and those are the things that are so important into creating the environment and the atmosphere of your business. So a few years ago, as a team, our staff spent some time thinking and praying through what would, what, what would we say are our core values as as a staff and as a team, what are the things that we want um, to make sure we're doing and that we're putting into the life of our organization? And we came up, uh, this was the first one, start with prayer. Uh, Am I thanking God for all that he's done? Am I acknowledging my need for Christ? Am I opening myself to the spirit that's in front of me? So we ask these questions. And one of the things that we do at the end of each year is we evaluate ourselves on our core values are we living up to the things that we value as a church and as a team now if you're a business owner that's a good idea right yes. <laughs> just making sure you're with me it's it's a good idea to, if you actually have core values to evaluate whether or not you're doing the things that build these values into the life of your organization some of you are wondering is this a business seminar or are we going to talk about prayer eventually We'll get there, but it's good to have core values and then to evaluate yourselves, uh, your workers based on those core values. And so this last year uh, at the end of 2021, we sat down and the staff could tell you we each evaluated ourselves based on Sarah, right? We evaluated ourselves based on these core values and said, where do we think we are individually? Where do we think we are as a team? And what's interesting with this one, we asked, where are we as a team? And a few of the answers that came up where we, we really do a pretty good job of starting with prayer, but so often it just feels like we're going through the motions with prayer. It just feels like we're doing it to make sure that we said that we did it, to check the box off. And I started to think about that, and some of us have been evaluating how we've evaluated ourselves, and what does that mean? Is that you evaluate the evaluation of the evaluation so you can evaluate where you should go in the future? We've been thinking about, like, what does that mean? Is that a bad thing? And we started to talk through, it's not necessarily a bad thing to make sure that we're doing it, to check it off the list, because the more often you do it, the more often you pray as you begin your day, the more often you put yourself into the presence of God so that when you run into a crisis, it's a natural response to enter into the presence of God. Are you with me? Does that make sense? And so whereas, you know, we don't want it to feel rote and like we're just checking things, it's not bad to make sure that we do certain things. It's good to do that. Um, N.T. Wright, I think, said this, there are four foundational Christian practices that shape us as earth and heaven people, people who are living in the in-between of what's to come, the kingdom of God, and and the reality of the world in which we live. So there are four primary Christian practices, and here they are, prayer, reading the Bible, Holy Communion, and Serving the Poor. Those are the four things. And what's interesting, I, I, when I um, read this and, and wrote it down, marked it down a few weeks ago to make sure that um, I, I mentioned it, is we, I, we're doing all four of these, in a sense, this morning, in that we're going to pray here in a minute, and um, we're going to read some scripture, and we're going to take communion together as a church, and um, foster boxes are out in the lobby today, so 10 of you get to do this as well. The rest of us, we're out of luck. We've got to do it on our own. We're like going through this, these four practices. These four practices shape us, prayer being the primary one, and I'm just going to be honest with you that for me, in my life, out of these four, prayer is oftentimes the most difficult. Isn't that interesting? Some of you, when I just said that, kind of, Looked at me like, but you're a pastor. But sometimes it's the most difficult. And I think for all of us, at times, prayer is just awkward and uncomfortable. And are we talking to somebody? And is he listening? Does he care? Does it matter? Does prayer even matter? Have you ever wondered that yourself? I've wondered that from time to time. And am I doing it right? Have you ever wondered that? Am I doing it right? And uh, so what I want to do is I just want to the next few weeks, I, I want to encourage us in the practice of prayer so that we might be shaped as heaven and earth people living in the realities of our world. And I just want to nudge us in the direction towards opening this conduit between us and God. And I want to I be honest about some of the challenges that are in front of us. And there are, some, there are some challenges when it comes to prayer for all of us. Uh, one of the challenges is what we see in in culture all the time. And I was thinking about some movies um, that kind of paint prayer for us. And um, you've got Talladega Nights, which there's this prayer scene that is iconic. Many of you have seen this and some of you are laughing right now. Uh, because Will Ferrell is praying to the baby Jesus, and then they get into an argument because they're like, well, Jesus grew up. You don't need to pray to the baby Jesus. You can pray to the adult version of Jesus, and he's like, well, I like the sweet baby Jesus, and so I'm going to pray to the sweet baby Jesus, and some of you are like, you shouldn't even make fun of that, which I agree you shouldn't make, but but we have that shaping our understanding of prayer in some ways because it is a part of the culture around us. Then you have this meet the parents scene where they ask, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ben Stiller? Yeah, to pray. And um, he's not sure how to pray, and uh, he's like, I, I'm Jewish, and, and they're like, well, Jewish people pray, too, and so you can pray. And so he crosses, you know, he folds his hands like this, and then he goes into this prayer that uh, day by day by day by day, help us see thee more clearly. And he doesn't know what to say, and so he's just kind of stumbling through his words, and then he says amen, and they're like, okay, let's go on. And I almost put up here, too, the picture of Christmas Vacation where they ask for prayer, and grace, you know, will you pray? And she's like, oh, grace died a few years ago. And then she's, I pledge allegiance to the flag. And then they all stand up, and they do it. And at the end, Cousin Eddie's like, amen. And they sit down, and they're like, what is prayer? And then uh, Bruce Almighty. Some of you might remember Bruce Almighty. And what's interesting, if you see this insta-prayer to Yahweh, um, new job for daddy, good weather this weekend, help for the homeless, money for briefcase, bankruptcy, need rain, new job, new, uh, new car, friends at work, sports tryout, all these different things. And it, it begins to paint the picture that prayer is simply a place that we go and ask for everything that we want or need in life, which is not uncommon. Many of us have viewed prayer like this, that it's just, if there's a God up there and he loves me, I'm just going to throw up everything that I need and hopefully some of it will just stick. Um, unlike other rabbis who used prayer in a manner similar to these things, uh, to control God, to get what we want, or to display their righteousness, their uh, religiosity, their piety. That's how many rabbis in Jesus' day used prayer. Jesus prayed to relate to his Father, to connect with his Father. And then Jesus taught us to pray in a way that would open up a connection or a conduit between us and the creator of the universe. And and here's the deal. Even though prayer has been extremely difficult at times for me, and I think for you as well, prayer has been difficult, I think prayer... If it can become a regular routine in our lives where we're not just seeing it as this wish list that we throw up. I I think it could be the game changer that changes our sensitivities in this world and helps us see that God is living and present and active all around us. If we would just take the time to engage in prayer. Uh, A few little things about Jesus and prayer. Jesus prayed on a regular basis. It says he prayed often. Uh, Jesus often withdrew to quiet places to pray. So we see in the life of Jesus, so if we're following Jesus, let's just be real honest, and you can do with this what you want. If we're following Jesus, if Jesus is leading the way for us, he often withdrew to quiet places to pray. We, as followers of Jesus, if Jesus needed it, how much more do I need it? Come on, church. If Jesus needed times to connect and relate to the Father, how much more do we need it as humans who are broken and make all kinds of mistakes and create chaos all around us? How much more do we need it? And so Jesus often withdrew. We should get into a regular habit uh, of, of praying. The second thing, Jesus taught his disciples. His disciples didn't know how to do it either. So we're in good company. Like his disciples who spent tons of time with him, they were like, Jesus, will you teach us to pray? And Jesus taught them to pray, and Jesus wants us to learn to pray as well. That's good news for us, that he wants us to, to like develop this connection with God. Lord, teach us to pray. And the third thing about Jesus in prayer is he assumed that we would pray regularly. He didn't say, if you pray, this is how you should pray. Jesus literally said, when you pray, And he says a lot of different things. We're going to talk about this in the coming weeks. But he said, don't babble on and on and on. You don't need to just keep repeating yourself over and over. And some of us get lost in that place of like, I'm not sure what words I'm supposed to use. And so I'm just going to use a bunch of big words and hope that some of them and some of us feel like maybe I should pray in the King James Version because it seems more holy in the King James Version. Thou, O God, are above all things in thou world of you know, And so we, we're not sure. And Jesus teaches us to pray in a super, su- super simple way. Let me tell you one of the most embarrassing moments in my life. I was a new pastor. I was a youth pastor in Ohio. And it was my first week on the job. And I went out with all the pastors to lunch. And we're sitting at a table. And we're all sitting around the table. And Rollin, who was the senior pastor, said, Matt, will you, will you pray for lunch today? And so it was my first week. And so I felt like I needed to impress everyone. Don't act like you haven't been there, and so we started praying, I started praying, and um, I wasn't trying to show off or anything like that, I just was praying, and praying, and praying, and halfway through my prayer, I think it was probably halfway through, um, Rollins said amen, the senior pastor said amen for me, and I looked at him, and he said, it's just lunch, And, uh, and then it became a standing joke that I didn't know how to pray, I just kept praying. Don't ask Matt to pray, it's going to take all day long. Um, We all have been there, and Jesus assumed that we were going to pray, and he teaches us to pray in a really simple way. And so here's where I want to get, I want to encourage you to pray simple prayers, but just make it a regular part of your life. I want to learn to pray simple prayers, but just as a regular part of our life, because I think if we do that, like Jesus taught us to, we're actually going to find a connection that we've never had without prayer. Does that make sense? So I just want to encourage us in, the, in, in this. So here's the prayer that Jesus used as an outline and as the primary prayer that became the primary prayer for the church. And I think it's a good thing for us to pray. So we're going to pray this right now. Are you ready? So we're going to pray this together. And it's a prayer that you've heard. Many of you have heard it in the King James Version. So it's going to sound a little different, but just pay attention and, and go with it. It's, it's a good outline for us. So here we go. You ready? Our Father in heaven. May your name be honored, may your kingdom come, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to sin, but deliver us from the evil one. No, I was waiting for the next part. Did some of you remember the next part for Nine, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, some of your Bibles actually have that piece in there, but do you know, it's not really in the original. Isn't that interesting? Like we've probably learned to pray that, but it's not in the original. It's probably not in the words that Jesus actually spoke. And one of the things that's interesting about that fact that that made its way into scripture is that the early church felt so strongly about this prayer is it that be, it, this became the primary prayer that Christians prayed three times each day as a way to get into a regular routine of praying and connecting with God. Morning, midday, and evening. This was the prayer. And the reason they rounded it out with, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen, as they felt like it needed to end better than this. <laughs> and they took some other scripture and they added it in so that it would, it would kind of flow a little bit differently. Have you, have you ever been in a foreign country? I know some of you have. Uh, um, at certain times during the day, and you've heard these alarms start to go off, they almost sound like tornado alarms going off, and it's a call to prayer by Muslims, yeah. Uh, it's a call to prayer. And three times a day, sometimes more than that, depending upon your tradition, they pray on a very consistent basis. Do you know where they got the pattern of prayer? From the early church. Isn't that interesting? The early church was set in the concept of Without prayer, we are disconnected from the power and the, and the presence of the God of the universe. Therefore, we cannot live without prayer. We have to connect to God. We need to connect with God. It was so much a part of their routine. Three times a day, it just was built into their lives. And a prayer that was, in essence, very simple. Prayer is opening this conduit. When you think about what is what is prayer? Prayer is not like a a wish list that you make Uh, as important as it is to to bring your needs before God. It's not that's not what prayer isn't just a wish list that we make, but prayer is opening a conduit. If you think about uh, a conduit, prayer is simply opening up that conduit between us and God Opening ourselves to that mystery, the hope, the peace that comes when God is actually present in our lives. It's simply opening up a passageway, opening up a doorway between us and God so that we might receive the presence. Become aware of the presence, the peace, the hope, the direction, the wisdom that comes from spending time with God. You know, there are all kinds of studies. You can look these up on your own. There are all kinds of studies uh, in our world today, medical studies. And here's the deal. Uh, three in particular that I'll mention. Anger and aggression decrease with prayer. Did you know that? Like there, there are studies that are digging into some different... Anger and aggression I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because that would be super uncomfortable. But how many of us struggle with anger and aggression? Is there anybody? Don't raise your hands. But anger and aggression, in a sense, when when we spend time in prayer, opening this conduit, anger and aggression begin to decrease in our lives. Not only anger and aggression, anxiety and fear. There's a direct correlation um, as they begin to study, now there's so many things that you can't study about like what prayer is doing in our minds and all, the, all those kind of things. But, but when they study prayer and people who are committed to opening this conduit between them and God, anxiety and fear decrease in people who make prayer a regular part of their lives. Is that fascinating to you? That's fascinating to me. That there are actually, there, there are medical studies that help us see the benefits of simply spending time with God loneliness the sense self-identified loneliness the sense of being alone decreases the more one prays because spending time with god is good Um, real quick I, i find this fascinating too let's look at this real this this prayer that we just prayed the first half of it the first half of this prayer our father May your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Who, who is the focus on in the first half of this prayer? God. Yeah, the Father. God the Father. Prayer sets our mind on God. Is that a good thing? Yeah. Like, praying the way Jesus taught us to pray, like, turns our eyes up towards God. Like, helps us become aware of his presence. Look at the second half of this prayer. Give us today, we need, forgive us our sins, as we forgive, against us. Don't let us yield, but deliver us from evil. So who is the second half of this prayer focused on? Not me. Us. We. Our. So interesting. Maybe you never, like, like pointed, picked that out. But it's interesting to me that Jesus didn't use the words me here. Or I give me today the food I need and forgive me my sins as I forgive those. No, no, like Jesus taught us to pray in a way that opened our eyes and minds to the reality that everyone around us is facing, including ourselves. Isn't that interesting? When Jesus was asked the most important commandment, he said, number one, love God, and number two, love God your neighbor. This prayer is a reflection of the great commandment. Isn't that fascinating to you? That prayer does these two things for us. It's a regular habit of interrupting my day-to-day life in order to align me with God and help me see the reality that everyone around me is facing. Guess what? When you pray, give us the food that we need today You realize I have plenty of food, but maybe I realize that there's people around me who don't have enough food. And it causes me to want to help feed those around me. Prayer is simply this regular habit of interrupting our life to become aware of God's presence and align ourselves with him. And it opens our eyes to the realities that people all around us are facing. That's what prayer is. I love that we've started this um, 22 days of prayer together. And did you get the text this morning? Did some of you sign up for the like the prompts, the the prompts to pray? Some of you got that text this morning, 7 a.m. You can still sign up for it. It's on your opportunity guide. 7 a.m. There's a there's a prompt. Um, Joe was mad yesterday because he said I was trying to sleep in, and at seven the prayer prompt woke me up. And Robin said, well that's a good thing. Like you woke up to pray and he was like, yeah, except for I was mad that I was praying. <laughs> prayer in the morning is a good thing to start your day with opening this conduit between you and God. Prayer in the evening before you go to bed. E- just repeating this prayer to yourself or out loud as you lay in bed or sit. You know, our father in heaven, may your name be honored. Like, that's a good thing. What I think is game changing is if we could incorporate this in the middle of our day, smack dab in the middle of our day, because then all of a sudden, in the course of whatever it is that we're doing, we align ourselves, we realign ourselves with God, and we begin to look around us that there's people all around us. That's why the early Christians did morning, noon, and night. This regular habit. Okay, a couple quick things, and I'm going to wrap up. Um, an outline. An outline. I'll give you a quick outline. There's this great book by Pete Gregg called How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. And he outlines it this way. Just take the word pray and think through the idea. I'm going to pause, take a breath, kind of try to clear myself, my head. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to simply celebrate God for a second and who he is. He's awesome. He created this world. I'm going to ask for what I need and what we need family my friends and then i'm simply going to yield i'm going to listen i'm going to confess and i'm going to align myself with god for the rest of my day does that make sense just a real simple outline i love this outline um even if three times a day you just use this to say okay i'm going to pause for a second i'm going to remember god is here god you are awesome you created the world i was driving and i Uh, I showed Sarah a picture this morning that I took. I was out um, walking the other day, and I rounded the corner to my house, and I looked up, and there was this rainbow that stretched all the way across the sky. I think it maybe was the day after Christmas or the day after that. I don't know. Did any of you see that rainbow? I mean, it went all the way across the sky, and there were were palm trees in my view, and I just snapped a, a quick picture, and I was like, oh, man, God is awesome. He created that. Oh, and God is with me. What? Like, God is with me? Like I'm an idiot. Does he know me? Why, why would God spend time with me? Isn't he busy? No, God is with you. Isn't that odd? Like, just a pause, and then, God, you're awesome, and you actually, you love me, which is crazy. And, and there's some things that I need this year. And here they are. And now, God, if there's anything I can do to align with you, just help me see it. Help me have the courage to do it. Pete, um, this book, uh he, he founded a, a ministry called 24-7 Prayer, and he's just spent, like his whole ministry, it seems like he's just spent trying to dig into the idea, the concept of prayer and helping people um, just learn the simple art of praying, the practice of prayer. And he says this, uh, uh, keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. I love that. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. And then he, then he says this um, in the book. After decades of night and day prayer, so he just has spent all this time just trying to connect with God, learn, like, what are the things? I've come to believe that 99% of it is just showing up. Just showing up to God. Just turning your mind and your heart towards him. Making the effort to become consciously present to the God who is constantly present to us. Does that make sense? He's like, just 99% of it is just taking the breath to turn and, like, become present to God, the God who is always present to us. I love that thought. Just show up. Just show up. That's, that's the majority of, of the challenge is just to show up to God. Take the time. The early Christians, three times a day. I mean, do with that what you want. It was just built into the, the, the idea of followers of Jesus that we are going to be a praying people. We need our connection with God. And I think the reality, whether or not we're willing to admit it, I think the reality is we need God in our world. We need him in our lives. We need him today as much as the world has ever needed. We need God. We need the spirit. And so often we are praying, God, will you just show up and do what, what we need you to do? And the reality is, I think God is like, he wants to do the things that God wants to do, and he wants to do it through us. Like he's waiting for us to make ourselves available. So will you pray? Will you, um, will you commit to just on a regular basis, interrupting your life, to try to turn your mind towards God and just show up. And I think the simple prayer, our Father in heaven, may your name be honored and set apart. Hallowed be your name. Some of you learned to say it that way. And God, may your kingdom come. We need your kingdom in this world. May your will be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. And God, give me the food. Give us the food. Give us the food that we need forgive us our sins because I make them a mess at times and forgive us our sins as I and as we forgive one another when we sin against one another and help us not yield to sin but deliver us from the evil one isn't that a great prayer just to show up to God just to open that conduit interrupt our regular day and yes, even saying, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing one last song. And as we sing the first part of this song, uh, if you did not get communion, the communion elements, they're in the middle of the room. Um, as we sing the first part of the song, just feel free to slip back and grab the elements. And we're going to take communion together today. Sarah is going to lead us in communion. Um, And if you want to light a candle as you're doing that, feel free to light a candle just asking God's presence to be with you. So, God, we, we simply turn our hearts and our minds towards you because you are good. We love you, God.